Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, we are going to have today and next Sunday, we wrap up our Undivided series. There's a lot of information on this topic today, and uh, no sappy stories. We don't have time for that, but you're going to learn something today. Hopefully, it's a great amount of information really on the Holy Spirit. You're, you're familiar with God, maybe a little bit with Jesus, but today we're going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. If you're not a Christian, great Sunday to come, really, because you can kind of sit on the outside and look in and go, wow, those people, I knew they were weird. Now I know they're goofy, okay? Or, yeah, that's something that's really cool, and I would like to have that a part of my life as well. So are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Pull out your phones. The app has all this information. Go on sermon notes. And again, all this is listed. You'll have a few blanks to fill in. But if you haven't downloaded the Harborside app, I strongly encourage it. All right. About seven to 800 years before Jesus was born, several prophets said the Spirit was coming. This prophet Jeremiah said, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant. I'm going to do something new. It's beautiful. It's incredible with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is a covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. I will put my law in their minds. And here's the point. And I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God. And they will, know, they will be my people. And no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. Seven to eight hundred years before Jesus was ever born. Now, seven to eight days before Jesus went to the cross, he said, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Circle that word advocate in your mind to help you, to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all these prophets in the Old Testament said the spirit's coming, and now Jesus says seven or eight days before he goes to the cross, it's happening. Two chapters later, he says the same thing. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore because you will see me because I live and you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people don't believe in me. This is what the Spirit's going to do. The Spirit's going to help people with sin. The Spirit will help people understand the greatest sin is not to believe in the Son. He's going to help this about righteousness because I'm going to the Father. The Holy Spirit cleanses you and helps you to be, be, be righteous where you can see me no longer. About judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The Spirit condemns uh, the, the prince of this world, Satan. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. Now this is now after the resurrection. So Jesus died, he was buried, he rose from the dead. He made 40 days of post-resurrection appearances. Now that was cool. 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus is on the earth, and he says this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised you, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, 10 to be exact, 
you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him, and then they asked him this question. They still didn't understand what was going on. Lord, when do we become like this national power figure again? Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times, the dates, the Father is set by his own authority. Isn't that like us? We're about to get this incredible Holy Spirit, and we want to know something about politics? Incredible how they ask this question. Um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what he does now in Second in Corinthians chapter 3, he explains everything he just said. From Isaiah to Jeremiah to John 14 to John 16 to Acts chapter 1. And this is our passage of Scripture today in 2 Corinthians. Everything he's just ever said, the wind-up, here's the pitch. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, which was the Ten Commandments or the covenant of the Old Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills. In other words, the Old Testament just couldn't get you there. No matter how hard you tried to keep the law, you couldn't keep the law. The letter kills, but the Spirit, now that's what you want. The Spirit will give you life. Now, if the ministry that brought death, in other words, the old covenant, you couldn't keep it, you couldn't live up to it, so you could never achieve righteousness from it, if that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, what's he talking about? The Ten Commandments. If that came with glory, in other words, God was still in it, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of, of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? That's your life. That's the icing on the cake. That's the good stuff. The incredible news is that God has chosen to live in you and through you and among you. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation, again, that's the Ten Commandments, because nobody could live up to it, nobody could keep the Old Testament law, if that was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? So, if you're a believer, you want the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you need the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you understand that the Spirit of God can give you clarity every single day of your life. And you begin to realize that the most important thing you can do every day is pursue the Holy Spirit who wants to live inside of you. You're a mom. You got a tall order job. You got two or three different children, and they're all different. Can the Spirit of God direct you to become a better mother? What's the answer to that question? The answer is absolutely yes. You're a dad, and you're out there working, and you're blowing and going, and you still got issues at home, and you got to figure out how to help your kids. Can the Spirit of God teach you how to be this amazing father? The answer is absolutely. Can he teach you how to be this incredible grandmother? And the Spirit of God wants to come into your life. And by the way, I don't know that the Spirit of God is a megaphone. 
I think the Spirit of God works more like... The megaphone is like marriage, okay? That's not not my marriage, of course. That's your marriage, of course. But but that's not... But the Spirit of God, like, like He whispers to you, slow down, speed up, go forward, go backwards, sign this, don't sign this. I mean, the Spirit of God is always guiding our lives. Can He help you be a better worker? Of course. I think as a believer, you have this unfair advantage in business because the Spirit of God is going to lead you and direct you and help you to make incredible decisions. Your future, the Spirit of God is going to guide you. You're dating somebody. You're a guy, and you like her, and you're dating her, and you're dating her two or three times, and the Holy Spirit's going, son, what are you waiting for, man? Go for this. Or the Holy Spirit says to you, run, Forrest, run. (laughs) Works both ways. I'm, I'm I'm just telling you. And, and so you, you want the Holy Spirit in your life. You long for the Spirit in your life. And so I want to be really clear this morning. Again, if you're not a believer, great time for you to come and hear how this all works. And my goal today is to give you like a fire hose of information. I don't have any sappy stories today. I don't have time for stories today. Stories are great, and it's always good to illustrate. But today it's information. And I want you to walk away today with this comprehensive understanding of, of, of the Spirit. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Because we got to rock and roll today. First thing I want to do is give you an overview of all the references of the, I'm going to give you 12, there's like 25, just in the book of Acts. Just in the book of Acts. And I want you to see them all together. Because when you read a verse about the Spirit over here, you read a verse about the Spirit over here, you, like, you can't put it all in context. Watch the screen. Here we go. These are just some references in the book of Acts. Why has Satan so filled your heart? To lie. You can lie to the Holy Spirit. Even though the Holy Spirit's going, <clears throat> you can just fat out, fat out resist it, okay? How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? You and I can test God's Spirit. Even though he's given you guidance and direction, you decide, I'm, I'm going I'm to buck up to this. We are also witnesses to these things, and, all, and so is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit witnesses the ministry that you're accomplishing. You're always resisting the Holy Spirit. It's possible for you and I to resist the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Spirit told me to go with them. The Spirit can tell you to do something or not to do something. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Has the Holy Spirit ever sent you out across the street to help somebody or do something? Of course he has. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Very personal. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you no. And sometimes he'll tell you to go. They tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Paul was compelled by the Spirit, and Paul testified. Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia. You ever felt compelled to do something for somebody? You ever felt compelled to be a part of something? That was the Holy Spirit. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So the Spirit of God is so available to your life. Let me ask you this question. Why would you choose to live a Christian life 
without the Holy Spirit. Why would you go to work without being filled with the Holy Spirit? Why would you go to school without the Holy Spirit? Why would you drive on US 19 without being filled? I mean, why, why would you do that? Because it's so, it's so available for your life. Well, the reason that you wouldn't do it is because, number one, you want to live your own life. And you're still struggling and you're still battling that I want to be the captain of my soul, the captain of my ship. That's one reason. Another reason would be is you're just not familiar with it. And that's totally understandable. It's just not been a part of your background. But what happens is a Christian life without the Holy Spirit is really pretty dull and boring. And it will, it will create unnecessary difficulties because the Spirit wants to guide you away from... Life is hard enough on its own. Life has its own challenges in, in, in and of itself that you didn't create. But when you create them, those could have been avoided. And so unnecessary difficulties could be actually avoided. And then there's distance. Just like how you can drift away from somebody. You can drift away from a friend or drift away from a child or drift away from a grandparent. You know, you can drift. You can just drift away from the Holy Spirit. And, and all of that is just like totally unnecessary. Without the Holy Spirit, you really won't have as much vision in life. I want as much vision from God as I can possibly get. I want as much revelation from God as I can possibly get. And the Holy Spirit provides joy and life and peace and freedom. And we all want freedom. This chapter says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all want freedom. Nobody wants to be tethered and shackled. Everybody in this room wants more options, not less. And the Spirit of God will direct you and give you more freedom and more options than what you could ever imagine. Now, we talked about this five or six weeks ago, how today the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We mentioned that it started off with like a tent, like out in the wilderness, and the Holy Spirit was like in the Holy of Holies. It was in a tabernacle. It then became more located in Jerusalem, inside the big massive temple, again, the Holy of Holies, in Jerusalem. It was a building. But the Holy Spirit is not in a building today. The Holy Spirit is in a body. It's in you, and it's in me. And every one of us embody the Holy Spirit. Does that frighten you? It does me. First service, some people said yes, some people said no. It, it, it's sobering to think about that today he put his Spirit in you. Why? So that you would be a continuation of the hands and the feet of Jesus. So he forgives you of all your sins he cleanses you of all your unrighteousness. He gives you the gift of, of, of his spirit to live inside of you, and you get eternal life. And all he's asking is, will you let my spirit live through you? Will you let me continue on the work that I'm going to do through you? That's all he's asking. And so every single day, the most important thing you can do is not go to work. That's just dumber than a doornail most important thing you can do is not go to school. That's ludicrous. The most important thing you can do before you even get out of bed is, I'm going to tap in to the role of the Holy Spirit in my life today. 
Now, still go to school and still go to work. But first of all, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit because he has a plan for you. Again, don't miss this. Why did he put the Spirit inside of you? So that you could continue the work of Jesus. And Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than I did. Well, Jesus could only be at one place at one time in one location. You and I are spread out all over Hillsborough, all over Hillsborough County, all over Pinellas County. We're all over the place. And so the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece of Jesus is why he has put his spirit inside of you. What is the Holy Spirit? What's a he, first of all? The Holy Spirit has a mind, a will, emotions, comforts, speaks. Now, is that cool? That's cool, isn't it? The Holy Spirit teaches you. You you go through life and you go, I'm not quite sure how to do something. And the Holy Spirit seasons you. And the Holy Spirit equips you. The Holy Spirit matures you. The Holy Spirit can be made to feel sorrow. You and I can grieve the Holy Spirit by our sins and by our resistance and by our rebellion. We actually quench the Holy Spirit. We actually grieve the Holy Spirit. Think about a, a, like a, a fire hose and you just, you just turn that valve off. You want to every day have the valve wide open. The Holy Spirit can be insulted according to Hebrews chapter 10. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. And the Holy Spirit can be lied to. This is Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. They actually lied to the Holy Spirit. But you're here today because you want to grow. And you're here today because you really do want to have purpose in life. And you're here today because you know all this is true and you felt all of this. You have felt inside here everything that I've, I just got through, through communicating to you. So here's what the Spirit of God will do for you. He's called the Spirit of Counsel. And I love this because when I don't know what to do, I get on my hands and my knees and I say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to solve this. I, I need counsel. Dean McSpadden and I were the senior management team of our church, and we meet every Thursday morning, and and one of us prays before we even start, and our prayer goes something like this, Lord, make us smarter than we are. And you're going, that's not real hard for the two of you, but, you know, Lord, Lord, make us better than we are, because he wants to give you counsel, and he will give you counsel, and that fits with every one of your jobs and every one of your roles in life. He's called the spirit of wisdom. Now, there's a difference between experience and between wisdom. Experience is painful. Experience is you learn the hard way. Who wants to go through experience? Experience is usually learned from hard knocks. Wisdom is I learn from other people's mistakes. Wisdom is I can learn from what other people did or did not do right. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom, and you can avoid a whole lot of pain in your life. Holy Spirit will give you truth. Holy Spirit will give you knowledge. You're working on a project, and you can't quite figure out how. Some of you that are so good with your hands, you get into a project that might be a little bit over your head, and you're asking God then to show me how to fix something. I I do this with sermons and messages, and I'll be working on something, and I can't connect all the dots. 
And I will say to, to the Father, I need some clarity. And then all of a sudden, like the window of knowledge just opens up. And I know it didn't come from me. And I can't type fast enough when I, when I catch this. He gives us might and power to go through the, the challenges of our daily lives. And everybody in this room has got challenges. Everybody in this room has got struggles. Two people were in my office just a minute ago. One's had cancer for 19 years. One had, has had cancer for 22 years. And one guy had cancer for 10 years. That was like 35 minutes ago. He gives us a healthy fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will like, don't forget who he is. Don't forget this is God. He's not like, you know, your best friend upstairs. It's God Almighty. The Holy Spirit gives us grace. The Holy Spirit gives us life. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to love. Now, I want to camp out on this for, for just a second. How many of you in here like people? You're, you're a people person. You like people. How many of you in here, you, you tolerate people? People are necessary, but you don't really like people. All, all right. I appreciate your honesty, okay? You're far more honest than first service, all right? So I like people. I, I like 99% of people in my life, but there's like 1%. They're hard to live with or around or right or be with, Yeah. And, and so when there's somebody in your life it's like a real struggle, Lord, help me to love them. And what does he do? He allows you to see something about them that you've never seen before, and he allows you to go through that door. The Holy Spirit will give you a sound mind. This is probably one of my favorite verses out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, it says, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The Holy Spirit will give... I mean, life is crazy, right? It's crazy. But God can give you and me a sound mind. That's what I want. He will give you revelation. I, I really like this. I'm not sure that man has vision. I think all vision comes from God. Uh, somebody will say, well, he's a great visionary. Or, well, yeah, there are people that seem to have more revelation. I, I just think some people are listening. I think some people have that innate ability just to kind of catch what's going on and be able to see great things around them. And God gives you that revelation. He's done that for me. God, God will make you holy. There's an incredible amount of holiness that, that comes to this. And so what do you want? That's a really good question as a believer. As a believer, you've accepted Christ. You've given your life to Christ. But, but what does that mean? What does it mean tomorrow? What does it mean every single day of your life? H- how do you go forward now in your context, in your culture, in, in your environment? What, what, what does it mean? Well, here's what Jesus is hoping. Jesus is hoping that you'll catch what he did. Even though Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit... And even though he was taught by the Holy Spirit, and even though he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, if you notice, Jesus never did one miracle until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus never did one single, he never turned water into wine, he never walked on water, he never healed, he never did anything in the New Testament miraculously until he got baptized in the Jordan River. And that day in the Jordan River, he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness And then the Bible says that just to make like an exclamation point for God to say, this is my son whom I love and I'm really well pleased, the dove just comes and just like like rests on his shoulder. 
And when the dove comes and sets on him, you just see the peace of the Lord Jesus, of the Father on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he was baptized, and like you and I, at that moment, he's hoping that we'll be his hands and feet. Will you allow him to do that? Will you allow him to use you for all kinds of ministry? Well, the text continues. It says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we're very bold. Why are we bold? Because we got the Holy Spirit. Why are we bold? Because we're not worried about the future. We're not worried about what's happened. We're bold because we know we're in God's will. He says, we're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. We're not going to put a veil over. Their minds were dull. For this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. Is it, not, it, it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But, when, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, that veil is taken away. The first thing you have to do is take a step of faith. And when you take that step of faith in Christ, then spiritual truths begin to make perfect sense in your life. It's by faith. The righteous live by faith. So I'm going to give you a couple more bullet points, and then we'll wrap this up today. You were created to be filled by the life of God. That's why you were created. Every day, you were created to be filled with God. You were created to have a promise, and the promise of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. No matter what you've said, no matter what you've done, no matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how great of sins you've everybody can qualify for the blood of Jesus Christ. And the promise of the Spirit is for everyone. That's what Ezekiel tells us. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, and I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. I love this. He wants to put his spirit in you, and he will move you. The spirit will move you. The spirit will guide you. The spirit will direct you. The spirit will, are you you sure you want to do that? Who, Who thought that was a good idea? You know, the spirit will guide you and direct you. The spirit is received by faith. It always comes back to faith. I put my trust in him. I'm going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse me and now to use me. And the Spirit will work through you to bring people to Jesus. Again, he didn't save you so you could sit and stew in a pew. He saved you so you would now be his hands and feet. He saved you that you would help people to come to Christ. And so that's why you invite your neighbors, and that's why you invite your school friends, and that's why you invite your family, and that's why you share your faith, and you tell people what the Lord has done for you. Followers fish. The only thing he ever asked you to do is fish. Now, as a fisherman, I love this, okay? Followers fish. And the Spirit of God is going to use you to help other people come to Christ. The Spirit will grant you what you really want, and the Spirit will grant you what you really need. That is so cool. That's what the Spirit of God will do in your life. He will grant you what you really want. When you seek Him with all your heart, He will give you the desires of your heart. And He will also lead you to what you really, really need. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is this incredible, incredible freedom. 
And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I, I know we've covered a lot of ground today. I know we've had a lot of content. It's a fire hose of information today. And we really just iceberg skimmed the surface. But it's there for you to take. It's there for you to live. It's really kind of simple. I surrender to you. Tell me what you want me to do. I I surrender to you. Tell me who you want me to be. You've done all this for me. (laughs) You did all that so that I could have eternal life. And I could be free of my guilt and my shame. You've done all this for me. And what you're really asking is to let let me let you work through me. That's really what you're asking, isn't it, Holy Spirit? He's going, yeah, yeah. Will you let God use you? And all you have to do is say yes. I will. And I will let him do these incredible things through me. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that's always the place to start. You you confess Christ. And I'm going to give you that chance right now. We're going to stand up together and I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. And why don't you stand with me? Our prayer partners are going to come down front. And I'm going to pray this prayer, and you pray it in your heart and in your mind with me. But the challenge is for those of you that are believers today. The challenge is for you get out of bed in the morning. Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. I am 100% yours. Show me, teach me, tell me what you want me to do today. So we're going to have our prayer partners down front. We're going to let you be prayed for, prayed over. If you want to maybe have a a question or, you know, be prayed about with the Spirit today, how how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? Let somebody pray for you. And then we're going to have a short video right after the video. It's about the chapel. And um, we just really need you to walk there. It's an open house. Because if you don't walk, all those cars coming in, oh, it would be a disaster. So if you need to drive, it's okay. But if you can walk to the chapel for the open house right now, that would be great. All right. Father, we come before you and we say thank you. It's incredible what you've chosen to do. Not a building, but the body. The Spirit of God is now inside of us. And Father, we come before you and say um, to those in the room that have never given their lives to you, here's our prayer. We receive you. We accept you. I'm a sinner. I've got issues and sins, but I, I receive you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for cleansing me of my unrighteousness. And I receive you, and I will walk forward with you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.